Welcome to the Bible Preaching and Teaching Ministry of Dr. Douglas D. Stauffer. Dr. Stauffer currently serves as President of Key of Knowledge Ministries. He has thousands of hours teaching experience, 10 years serving in pastoral ministries, and has authored several books. One of Dr. Stauffer's most recent projects included his participation as consulting editor for Oxford University Press. He has also been the featured speaker on national and international radio broadcasts dozens of times. If you are interested in these or similar materials, you can contact us at www.mccowanmills.com. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And of course, when you look in verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So we know that we're looking at the last days. And one of the indicators of the last days is that people will be ever learning and never able to come under the knowledge of the truth. And if you'll listen to what has been said by Brother Fetter and others, that's exactly what's going on today. People just don't seem to get it. You can talk to them. You can talk to them about the historical foundations of, of America and things like that. They don't seem to understand what we were founded on and how we've gotten away from that. The same thing goes with the Bible. You can talk to them about the Bible. You can talk to them about Christ. But yet, it seems like sometimes you're just beating your head up against the wall because today, the indication and indication of the last days is that they're ever learning and never able to come under the knowledge of the truth. Now, if you'll turn over in your Bibles to the next chapter, chapter 4, look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, For the time will come... When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to, to themselves teachers having itching ear. You know what one of the indicators of the last days is? People just trying to have their ears tickled. That's what it is. So I want to preach to you this morning about having ears to hear. You know, if you go and study in the Bible, and let's do that. Look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, back, back there where Jesus was talking in Mark 9, verse 7. You know what the Bible says? And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. You know what the world needs to do today? They need to hear Him. When a preacher speaks, you know what they need to hear? They don't need to hear the preacher. They need to hear Him. They need to hear Jesus. It's Christ in us. The world needs to see Christ through us, and they need to hear Him. Those are the words of Almighty God speaking of His Son. Hear Him. Now, while you're over there in Mark, look at chapter 7, verse 16. Chapter 7, verse 16. This is quoted 18 times in the Bible. It says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I've got a question. Do, is there anybody in here that doesn't have ears? No, that's not the question. Do you have ears to hear? Do you have ears to hear the message that God has for you? What is the message today? Well, it's Jesus Christ died for our sins. 
It's the fact that you can be saved by trusting in Him and Him alone and nothing else. You can't add anything to it or you negate what Christ did. You can't have Christ and something else and say, I'm trusting in Christ. No, it's either you're trusting in Him or you're not. You can't add one and one and get two because two negates the one and there's only one and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's one mediator and it's Jesus Christ. So we've got to have ears to hear. And then as it says, as it says, it says, let him hear. He that have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, while you're in Mark, look at chapter 8, verse 18. Chapter 8, verse 18. Jesus said this, having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember. He says, listen, you have ears, but you don't hear. Hear ye not. He's saying one of the important things is for us to hear the message for today. And the message really hasn't changed. Yes, we're in the last days and we have signs of the times. And it's very obvious what's going on in the world. We're moving away from Christ. Christ is no longer given the preeminence, which is what the Bible says he is supposed to be given. The preeminence is supposed to be Christ. And he's not being given that in the world, he's not being given that in a lot of churches. He's not being given that in a lot of Christians' lives. We need to give Christ the preeminence. He needs to be number one. He needs to be our sole purpose for life. Amen? He needs to be that, but yet many people, they're getting dull of hearing. They don't want to hear it anymore. Listen, Things have continued on for all these years. I mean, when you were growing up, I know I'm 46. I never expected to make it to 46. I thought Jesus is coming back. And we're supposed to be looking for His return. And you should and you must. But yet, what happens if He doesn't come back in your lifetime? Do you get discouraged as you get the gray hair or the hair starts falling out in my case? Do you get discouraged? No. You keep looking for His return and acting like He might come back tonight. Because He could. There's nothing holding back His return. But yet, what happens? Do people get discouraged when they look and they say, well, look how bad the world's getting. Look how wicked it's getting. He's got to be coming back very, very soon. And He doesn't come back next week. He doesn't come back next month. We still need to stay fervent in our spirit. We still need to be right with God. We still need to be continually trying to get closer to Him and draw Him closer to us. We can't just get frustrated and say, throw our hands up and say, well, I give up. I give up. No, you'll be just like those indicators of the last days. You know, if I went through them and read them, what does it say? It says, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You look at those things, those indicators. It ought not be said about us that those things apply to us. We've got to make sure that we're different. People need to look at Christians and say, you know, what is it that they have? Why is it that there's something about them that is different? And what is it that's different? It ought to be that you have a peace in your heart that passeth all understanding. You have a joy. You have a smile. Somebody, you know, some people look at me and they say, why do you smile all the time? I don't know. I frowned one time when I was working at the church and the whole five years I was employed there. I had one day that I knew was the worst day I'd ever had. Don't even remember what it was now. But I remember I walked around with a frown on my face. I couldn't walk ten feet with somebody stop, without somebody stopping me saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? 
Maybe that's why I have a smile on my face. I'd rather just go past some people than everybody say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Listen, we ought to have a smile on our face. Where are we going when we die? We're going to heaven, sealed, secured, delivered from uh, the wiles of the dead. Listen, that's our destination. Ought we of all people be the most joyous? Some of you need to tell your face that. Some of you need to look in the mirror and wake up in the morning and say, listen, prune, it's time to turn this thing around. Turn that smile on and say, I want people to ask me what's different about me. And then you know what? You might find out that you have an opportunity to witness simply because you are portraying Christ. Look at John chapter 18. John chapter 18. In verse 37, it talks about Pilate. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Hey, when, when you read the Bible, does it speak to you? You know, that's the voice of God. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. There's some people that don't hear the voice of God because they're not of God. You can't go and talk to somebody about the truths of the Word of God and have them get it all if they're not a child of God. You go to them and you witness to them. You tell them about Christ. You do what you can to bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. But we've got to realize that sometimes they're not going to understand those things because they're not of God. And we can't be frustrated and say, well, I give up. I quit. I'm not going to witness anymore. I'm not going to put myself... But no, listen, it's not you they're rejecting. If a person rejects Christ whom you are witnessing for, it is not you they're rejecting. Don't take it personal. Realize that it's the Almighty Savior who is getting rejected there and not you. Romans chapter 10, verse 7 says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know how you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing. The Word of God needs to speak to you. That goes for when you're reading it too. Faith cometh by hearing. And how does hearing come? By the Word of God. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14, there's some questions asked. It says, how shall they call on Him whom they have uh, not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Do you know that preaching is probably the highest calling there is? How shall they hear without a preacher? You can go to the Bible and you can read it yourself and it ought to speak to you. But God chose the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. I believe it's a higher calling than the President of the United States. As important as his position is, it would be a step down for any preacher to give up his calling and go and take the greatest national office there is. But sometimes we get frustrated and discouraged and defeated and say, well, I'm just going to go get me a job. Listen, I'm a CPA. I get a job off from a good sum of money. In fact, I just had somebody offer me a job and said, well, don't you think you could support your ministry better if you were out there doing, you know, and, and working in accounting, working as a CFO of a, a company again? 
Listen, it's tempting sometimes. Sometimes I'd like to just turn, but then I get back focused and God says, get busy, get busy, keep going, keep going, keep going. We need to be conscious of these things. Faith cometh by hearing the greatest calling for a preacher to preach the Word of God. You know, in Mark chapter 4, turn back over to Mark. I want to point out three things. It says, take heed what ye hear, take heed how ye hear, and then I'll say the third one and not tell you what it is. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, take heed what ye hear. Verse 23, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Remember, I said that was in there 18 times. And he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto, unto you that hear shall more be given. Isn't that interesting? You that hear, more shall be given. You ever wonder why your cup gets so full when you come to a meeting like this? Because if you're listening, God will give you more. But as soon as you turn it off and say, listen, I'm not going to listen anymore. That preacher talked you know, talk to somebody, they found out something about me, and that's what he's preaching about. You ever feel that way? You go to church service, and that preacher's got your number? You say, I, I don't want to go anymore. I'm not going to listen. And you turn it off. God says, well, you won't get anymore. Too much is given, much is required. If you don't take what God has for you, God won't give you anymore. And if you don't give out what you've got, you'll fill up and you won't get any more also. But that's just a free point on the side. What does it say there? Take heed what ye hear. Verse 25, For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. You know, those are really deep truths when you think about it. But it says, Take heed what ye hear. Be careful what you put in there. Be careful what you take in this ear gate because it will affect you in ways that you don't even know. That's why television is such a damnable thing today. Better be careful how much you take in. You take it in here and here with your, with your ears and with your eyes and listen. It affects us. I've got an expose on, on Harry Potter when I was up preaching at the regional conference in Ohio last month. Brother Hutchings asked me to speak on the Da Vinci Code. Be careful what you hear. There's a thing out there now, you know, Mary Magdalene was really the, the grail. You know, she was really the savior and, and really, you know, Christianity is supposed to be matriarchal instead of patriarchal. In other words, it, there's, there's going to be a female savior. I've said that all along. You study Harry Potter, a female savior. Harry Potter's mother gave his life, her life for her son, Harry Potter. And Harry Potter is, is the savior, but without the mother. You look at what's going on with these other things that are going on. For instance, in the Muslim religion, you have uh, you have a woman savior that's going to come along. I believe it'll be very evident down the road. And there's some correlations bringing the religions together, but I believe it's going to be through a female savior. Now, I can't tell you all about it right now because I'm still working on it and trying to figure out how it all fits together. But eventually, I believe it'll be very obvious and the more you see on these things, the more I believe it will become obvious to others. In Luke chapter 8, look at verse 18. Luke 8.18. 18. You know, it said, take heed what ye hear. In Luke 8.18, 18, it says, take heed how ye hear. 
Luke 8.18 says, Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Even what you seem to have, you're going to lose. What does it say? Take heed therefore how ye hear. You know, your heart's attitude is very important. How you go at something is very important because God judgeth the heart. God looks at our motives and the reason that we do the things we do. And that's what he judges. It's not just what we do. It's how we do those things. And it says, take heed, therefore, how ye hear. In Luke 12, 48, it says, for uh, unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, as I quoted earlier. We need to be spiritually, prayerfully prepared. We need to have the spirit of thankfulness within our very being. You know, there were ten lepers that came to Jesus in Luke chapter 17. And only one was thankful. You remember that? Only one was thankful. You know, if you, if you look at Christians, doesn't it seem like maybe about one out of ten is thankful? We're not thankful enough. We don't, we don't exude a spirit of thankfulness. Be thankful. You know, they mocked Jesus and they buffeted Him. They plucked out His beard. They spit upon Him. They parted His garments. And then on the cross, He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken Me? For the first time in all of history, the Godhead was divided. God brought darkness upon the face of the earth for three hours. God the Father could no longer look at God the Son because at that moment, God the Son had become sin for us so that we could be made the righteous of God in Him by trusting in Him as our Savior. But how thankful ought we to be because of that? We ought to be, of all people, thankful. Thankful to the Savior. Thankful for the little things and the big things. In Luke chapter 9, and please turn there, Luke chapter 9, verse 44. Luke chapter 9, verse 44 says, and this is the third one, let these sayings sink deep down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered in the hands of sinful men. Or in the hands of men. It says, let these sayings sink down into your ears. You ever talk to your children and say, you better let that sink in a while. You know, that's what the father's saying to us. He's saying, we need to let this sink in a while. You take all this in. You come to meetings like this. You take it all in. You take it all in. And sometimes it can seem overwhelming. Listen, let it sink in a little bit. If God's got your number, answer the phone. We need to let these sayings sink deep down into our ears. Don't just let it itch your ear. Don't just let it tickle your ear, but really let it go in and deep down so that it affects your very being. It makes a difference in your life. Let it sink deep down in there. Two more verses and I'll close. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Now that's speaking of Timothy, and Timothy was a saved man. So he must have been talking about saving him in a different way. But he says this, meditate upon these things. Listen, sometimes we just need to spend some time meditating. I work out starting again and again and again, but I am on it right now. And I worked out this morning before I came over. I worked out yesterday. I remember yesterday, though, there was nobody in there. It was rather hot in the room and I was on the treadmill and I remember closing my eyes and praying and just I I took hold of the the treadmill because once I closed my eyes, the best thing to do is to take hold of that thing. And I'm holding on it. and I started shaking a little bit. I was praying. I was saying, God, would you would you just show me something today? God, would you just be real to me today? God, would you just make me alive? You know, the guy before me says, man, you get a little high in that room because it was pretty hot. I got off that treadmill. Let me tell you something. I was high, but I was spiritually high. I was excited about the things of God. I'm doing a study and I, on the way out here, I, I read a tract by Arthur Pink on, on holiness. You know, that's God's favorite attribute for Himself. Holiness. And we've lost it in the church today. We're so saturated with so many sinful temptations. We've lost holiness. We need to get it back. We need to find out how to be holy, how to be separate, how to be different from the world so the world knows we're different. I don't mean weird, although weird is fine if that's what you are. But I mean different. I mean different. I mean, they look at you and they say, what do you have? I want it. I got Christ. And you need it. You know, sometimes we're so worried. We need we need a witness. We need a witness. Wait a minute. Why not be a witness? Be the witness and let Christ draw them unto you some. It works. One other verse, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And with this I'll close. I love preaching. I love the call to preach. And a preacher's got to preach. Either that will break the treadmill. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 13. It says, In whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth. That's the key. That is the whole key. You know, all the modern versions change that. The modern version, the NIV, for instance, says uh, you were included in Christ when you heard the truth. That's not going to get you to heaven. You're not going to be included in Christ simply by hearing. It says, in whom ye also trusted. When did you do it? When did you trust in Christ? Well, here's when it's supposed to be. After that Ye heard the word of truth. Let that sink deep down in your ears. Christ died for our sins. Christ, in fact, was made sin for us. We're to come unto Him because He draws us to Himself. But we come in this attitude. He did it all. He did it all. You don't bring anything with you. 
You don't fill up your pockets and say, oh, i got all these good things I've done. Christ, I'm here. No, you better pull your pockets out, empty them out, and you come to Christ and say, I'm trusting in nothing but you. In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after you believed, what were you? You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And we know from Ephesians that we're sealed until the day of redemption. Never can that seal be broken. Never will that seal be broken. But it all goes back to the first thing. Trusting Christ. In whom you trust Him after you heard the word of truth. If you've only heard it for real today... You ought to get that settled before you leave here. There are men and women around here. and they'll, they'll show you what it means to be saved. I know it's cliche and I know that I, I know that the, the world's made a mockery of this being saved. But I'll tell you what, they can mock it all they want. I won't trade it for a billion bucks. I wouldn't trade it for anything on this earth or off this earth. Make sure, make sure of all things, you know for sure that you've trusted Christ. Because that's the most important thing. Let's pray together. If you are interested in these or similar materials, you can contact us at www.mcowanmills.com. That is M-C-C-O-W-E-N-M-I-L-L-S dot com or through the mail at P.O. Box 1611, Millbrook, Alabama, 36054, or by calling 334-285-6650. Orders can be placed online or by calling toll-free at 1-866-344-1611.